If you're offended by the words on this podcast, you'll be mortified by the words in the legal profession. Hello and welcome to episode 311 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Today on the show, we did another personal statement extravaganza, personal statement palooza. We need another name. Personal statement jamboree. I don't know. We did uh, six personal statements. Blitz. I had a timer going and we did uh, 10 minutes a piece. What was that? Oh, been? a personal statement blitz. Mm, kind of personal statement blitz. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we did today. Um, 10 personal statements. They all had uh, many problems. Six. <laughs> Hopefully you can learn what not to do by these examples that we went through today. Thank you, by the way, everybody who submitted Thank you for being brave enough to subject yourself to this process. We, uh, it's tough love. Uh, the first step of construction is frequently demolition. Yep. And these all needed some uh, demolition done to them. So hopefully, uh, hopefully all six of our contributors uh, learned something that can help them uh, as they move forward into a new draft. Anything else you want to say about that? That's it. Okay. Uh, this show is going to air on Monday, August 16th. That means that we're right in the middle now of the August LSAT. Good luck if you haven't yet sat for the test. Remember, it's just another practice test. Don't do anything different. Don't do anything special. Don't try for your best ever score. Just try to replicate your practice test scores. Uh, the upcoming next registration deadline uh, for the October LSAT, the registration deadline is August 25th. So that means even if you did take the August LSAT, you probably need to register for the uh, October LSAT because you're never going to know what your score actually was until your score is released. Uh, if you would like to take a class with me for free, you can. Uh, I call it the LSAT study group. It's going to be um, the October 2021 LSAT study group. And that is every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. All you need is a free LSAT demon account. Uh, you can register for that class and come ask me any question about anything on Zoom. All right, on to the show. All right, Ben, we've got six personal statements and we're going to give them, uh, I've got an actual timer in front of me. Uh, I'm going to um, stopwatch our discussion of these six personal statements and we're going to give them 10 minutes, no more than 10 minutes a piece. What do you think, Ben? Do you think that law schools actually give them 10 minutes? I would bet in most cases they don't. I would bet that they give them two minutes. Yeah, I would think maybe they give a little more attention to the ones that they think they're actually going to admit. Yep. But I bet that they're making the no way decision really quickly on almost really all of fast. them. Really fast, yeah. I mean, these things are not long in the first place, right? So if you were to sit down and actually read them, it would probably take you four minutes. So given the fact that they're not finishing most of these and maybe making their decision within two or three sentences your personal statement may get a mere 30 seconds. Yeah, or they've already made the decision, right? We've been talking about this a lot on the show re uh, recently. We think that law schools probably have like 10 applications in hand for every one student who's actually going to end up coming to their school. 
uh, they probably have to admit like three or four of those to get one person to come to their school at the typical average law school. We're not talking about Yale here. We're talking about, you know, reasonable law school. And they probably have three different piles, right? It's like, your numbers are so good that we're probably going to admit you. So we're just going to read this to just kind of check in which case they skim it a couple minutes. You're good. Unless it's terrible. They have another pile. That's like, your numbers are so bad that there's really probably no way we're going to admit you. Maybe we're going to admit one of you out of this whole entire gigantic reject pile. And of those, they're probably skimming looking for the real good one. And then there are on the bubble, there are, you know, okay, these ones are, your numbers are right on the edge. And there's a whole bunch of other people that are right on the edge. And, and those applications might merit a little more attention because they really are comparing like apples to apples at that point and looking for a third or fourth data point, the personal statement, the resume, that type of shit. But the majority of the decisions are already being made based on LSAT and GPA. So they're just not going to be thinking about all 10 of these applications per every one human who's actually going to come to their school. Absolutely. And, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't care about the personal statement, right? Obviously, <laughs> they're only going to give 30 seconds to the ones that are shitty, right? So if your yeah. personal statement's shitty, then they're then they're not going to look at it or give it that much time. And when they are actually putting time into your personal statement, it's because you're on the bubble. You're someone they're not totally sure about. And then you want to put your best foot forward in that statement. (laughs) You know, it's similar to the way we go through answer choices on logical reasoning or reading comprehension. Mm The wrong answers are wrong and we're looking for reasons why they're wrong and 80% of answer choices are wrong. Yeah. And we're not going to read the whole thing to know it's wrong. In most cases, it's like we read half of it and we're like, no, bullshit. Goodbye. The one answer that we pick though, we are going to have to vouch for that entire answer Mm -hmm. choice. Just like the one student that they admit, they are going to have to vouch for the entire, you know, they're going to read the whole thing to make sure you don't have any like crazy red flags in there. If you think about it, that shit probably stays in your record permanently. They probably keep it on file forever. You know, and like if someone is a three L and they're causing you like huge problems, I could see them going back to the file. Like, oh, is there anything in there that we should have caught? You know, <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm too wildly speculating, sure. of course, but I can see that being kind of how they do this. It's like, yeah, we're, we're kind of looking for reasons to dismiss people. Yeah. And then the ones that we're going to admit, we do want to make sure that it's like sound. All right. So with that in mind, you ready for, uh, this is Ben's personal statement. Okay. I'll let you read it. I'm hitting the stopwatch. Yeah. Ready go for it. Go. Okay. This is Ben's statement. Physically speaking, I've put my body through some extremely different difficult challenges. Okay, I don't love the <laughs> physically speaking. Um, of course, your your body is physical, so. Um, what? Yeah, you could have said I've put my body through some difficult physical challenges. Also, I mean, it's your body, so it's obviously physical. I. 
I've put my body through difficult challenges yeah. or I've put myself through difficult physical challenges. I, I don't also. Yeah. The first two words there don't need to be physically speaking comma. That's yeah. So true. that's out. I also just don't love the content of this. I've put my body through some extremely difficult challenges. Why don't you just tell me what you did instead of kind of giving me this broad, like conclusive. It's a conclusion. Yeah, conclusatory. <laughs> it's conclusatory. Yeah. And it has, uh, that's a word yeah, we made up last week, <laughs> conclusatory. Um, also, it's got two words there that end with L-Y. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you did the L-Y space or here, L, yeah, search your statements, please, for L-Y space. And then you're, you, it's the presumption is you should probably get rid of that word. Yep. You know, I, they're really extremely difficult challenges. Okay, just tell me what yep. happened. Okay, um, go ahead. Some of my proudest athletic achievements include back squatting 315 pounds at 150 pound body weight, performing 15 consecutive muscle ups. You need a comment here, by the way. And cycling up Mount Lemon in under two hours, all during the same year. All right. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this, Ben, but right now I'm like, okay, I get it. You can, you can do a lot of like weights. I think a lot of like office bound intellectual types are going to read that and go, okay, meathead, what else yeah. you got? <laughs> like, I like it that those are facts yep. and I'm, and I'm certainly not myself saying, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, I, I, I'm not judging you, but I can see a lot of other people easy. just being like, we're just saying it's like, okay, like it's almost like too much. I feel like, but it, I believe it's way too much. Like it's, it's meaningless numbers for people who don't do this stuff. Back squatting 315 pounds at a 155 pound body weight, like 5% of all humans even have any idea what you're yeah. talking about there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so it's like insider weightlifter shit that nobody cares What's about. What's a muscle up? I don't even know. Ben, who works out more than anybody, doesn't even know what a muscle up is. Yeah, my bad. So if Ben doesn't even know what it is, then what? I mean, it's just too much specific detail. But it, why don't you read ahead sure. a little bit? I ben? also run five and ten Ks for fun. Okay. Excuse me. I forgot to mention the fun part is that they happen sometime around the middle of the day during summer in Phoenix. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that tone is completely yeah, inappropriate. That is, you're not buddy buddy with this person. You just met them and it's a professional interview. Um, this is a court document. You need to think about this as like a, a serious professional legal document. And that tone right there, excuse me, I forgot to mention the fun part. Like I, you just lost half of your readers. Yep. They're, they're like, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, ben continues of all the physical feats I've accomplished. However, hiking rim to rim two summers ago in the grand Canyon was by far the hardest thing I have ever done. All right. So Ben, you're making the mistake that so many of our listeners and those who write into the show make, and that is your, you're overselling what you're about to tell us about, which raises the bar extraordinarily high. 
And now you have to deliver on that. If you had said at the beginning, I've put my body through some difficult challenges, we'd be like, okay, difficult. Now all you have to show us is that they were difficult, but instead you said they're extremely difficult. So if I don't think that they're extremely difficult, you've lost your case. Same here, you said, uh, this was the, by far the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm sure it was hard, but now it's got to be fucking hard because if it isn't in the slightest, I'm yeah. going to say, well, the hardest thing you ever done ain't that hard. So, mm. you're setting the bar too yep. high with these conclusions. The bar was set very low. If you would have just started telling me in a more plain spoken manner, about your rim to rim trip in the grand Canyon, I would have been like, damn the grand Canyon. I've been there. That shit's like 10 miles across and a mile deep and hot as hell. And like, that's crazy. That, wow. Yeah. I would have been really impressed, yeah. but when you oversell it so much, then you set the expectations way too high. Yeah. Uh, Ben, we're, uh, more than half of our time has elapsed. So read this second paragraph, please. Uh, read it all the way through, please. This was not your typical rim to rim shenanigan. My twin brother, cousin, and I, all Eagle Scouts, decided that we were going to backpack across the canyon in one day, camp on the opposite rim overnight, then hike back across the following day. Not only would this trek span 22.7 miles and include 20,000 feet of elevation change, but it also required that we hike with all the food, water, tents, and sleeping bags we would need for two days, about 60 to 65 pounds in all. With our gear packed and ready to go, my brother and I, both accomplished athletes, oh sorry, my brother and I, both accomplished athletes, felt prepared for the difficult journey ahead of ourselves. Despite this confidence, we had absolutely no fucking clue what we were about to experience. Um, what do you think of that? Do not swear in your personal statement. Your personal statement should not st start. <laughs> Please be advised, this statement may include adult language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a difference between an LSAT podcast or a podcast that discusses law school personal statements. We can swear all we want. We're not applying to law school. <laughs> you are applying to law school. That is just totally inappropriate. I can't believe anyone ever would have thought that that was even marginally appropriate. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Does the reader go any further? At that point? No. Yeah. No. No. Not with At that fucking, point, they know. Not with fucking. Oh, well, my gosh. I, I think at that point, they would be like, if I admit this person, I'm going to get fired. Yeah, this is, a, this is a potential problem. That's an enormous error in judgment. Yeah. I, I, someone reads that and they go, nope, this guy's a problem. Yeah. Like that guy, that's not an attorney. <laughs> this guy... I don't care what the facts are. And by the way, there are a lot of really good facts in there. If you would have just kept it, just not be so cheeky and just keep it plain spoken and tell me about your 22.7 mile trek and your 20,000 feet of elevation change and carrying 60 pounds on your back and all that stuff. I'm sure that this is a great story, but this is where the, on this, the style and it's the overselling and the overly friendly, overly familiar style puts this straight into the deny pile. Yeah. There's no fucking way I'm admitting this person to my yep. school. Um, so thank you, Ben. Uh, but you, you know, at that point you just lose. 
So <laughs> your reader's not going to read any more of it. Nope. I really have a feeling, Ben. I mean, like, they're like, fuck, if I bring, I have to bring this. If I like, they're like looking at Ben's thing and they're like, man, athlete, Eagle Scout, hardworking, accomplished. I'd love to admit this guy, but I'm going to have to show this personal statement to someone else on the admissions committee. Not just that, you're also worried about what's going to happen when Ben shows up on campus and doesn't have the, um, emotional intelligence to know that you don't swear at your faculty and staff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben, you could try again, but it needs to be way more facts, far fewer conclusions. Just scanning through this, I can see that, you know, you keep saying it's the hardest thing you've ever done. You say that like five times. Um, you don't need to keep saying that you could show us it. It's literally a rim to rim grand Canyon trip, but you don't need to tell us that it's hard. I'm going to read this last sentence. This is, this is okay. bad. My experience backpacking yeah. rim to rim is the hardest thing I have ever done. And I expect that it will remain. So despite the fierce challenges I will encounter in my forthcoming legal career, you just, <laughs> You just chat on the people you're applying to. You're just like, yeah, what I'm going to experience there is nothing compared to what I've already experienced. Um, <laughs> well, and you're just a fool to think that anyway. <laughs> like what? You're going to practice law for 40 years. You don't think that there's going to be challenges? Emotional, worse than mental, professional challenges that rise above a backpacking trip. Okay. Goodbye. Next. All right. You got this one. Thank you, Ben. Anthony's personal statement. I'm starting the stopwatch. The hum of a flatlining heart rate monitor plagued the room. <laughs> wow. I like vivid verbs, but I hate the choice of plague plagued the room. There. Yeah. It's like the sound is the subject of the sentence and it's, it's the thing that's doing whatever to the room. A sound is a pla is plague is plaguing. <laughs> that's the verb. It's pla the sound plagued the room. It's like stop trying so hard. Yeah. I I appreciate that you put thought and effort into this, but it's like it's like a bad actor where you can see how hard they're acting. That's bad writing. If I can see how hard you're yeah. writing and it's just, it's it also, what are we even talking about? I'm going to try to read this without editorializing too much. I'll, I'll stop at the end of the okay. paragraph whisked up from the linoleum floor and past the door. I turned my head to take one last <laughs> glance at his Who's face. face? <laughs> he still lay on a hospital bed now surrounded by medical personnel at four years old. I witnessed my grandfather take his final no, breath no, no. 12 years later. I learned that he suffered from various life-threatening health issues, nearly all of which resulted from a medical mistake years before his death. His health spiraled after a nurse had overlooked a single decimal point, administering my grandfather 100 times the prescribed dose of heparin, a blood thinner. During his final days, my family carried the burden of battling a malpractice lawsuit 
This simple human error cost my grandfather his life and sparked my oh, desire yeah. to pursue a legal career. That's the end of the first paragraph. And I would definitely not read any more of this. No, this is statement. this makes so many mistakes. It's also oddly incorrect. The nurse overlooked a single decimal point, yet gave his grandfather 100 times the prescribed dose. No, you could do that. You just don't see the decimal at all. Oh, okay. It was. It said 1.00, and she saw 100. Yeah, okay. It's 100 times. I see. I was thinking, I was like, wait, one over is only going to be 10 times as much. But either way, you're starting when you're four years old. You then go to when you're 16. 16. Uh, all I'm seeing is a kid, and you're like, somebody in my family got hurt, so now I'm going to go to law school. This is such a common naive reason to go to law school it's it's gonna yep it's like peace i'm out if you're on the fence it's just not a good reason to yeah. go to law school and even if it was the thing that sparked your initial interest in law school you need adult adult reasons to back that up like you need you need to show me something from your actual life that reinforces this idea that you wanted to go to law school. And I give zero fucks about the origin story. No, so we don't need any of this. We just jump right into you working at a law firm or helping at some clinic or doing something to show us that you actually were interested in it and took action on it. I, I wrote this week's lesson. It hasn't come out yet. Well, by the time this podcast comes out, the lesson will be out. But I wrote this week's lesson on basically shit that you shouldn't include in your personal statement. And one of those things is family drama, including lawsuits and medical shit. This is lawsuits and medical shit and about him being four, literally four years old. And none of that, it, like, Anthony, they have to choose one of these people to admit to their law school. Do you think that they, do you think that the fact that this tragic thing happened to your grandfather is somehow a point in your favor? It's not. Do you think that this lawsuit that your family filed is a point in your favor? It's Absolutely not. And if anything, it's a point against you. They don't, they're not looking for personally litigious people to admit to their school. They have enough legal troubles. How much time do we have on the clock? That was five minutes. During my undergraduate studies, finding that no existing major fulfilled my academic curiosity. Okay, that's just weird. Well, that's again, it's like, Nothing's right for me. I'm never happy. I'm never satisfied. None of these things were right for me. Anthony, you're applying to a fucking school. You're shitting on. Now I get you're going to go in and say like, I created my own major or whatever. That's not, that doesn't look good to the school. (laughs) The school's not like, oh, let's get Anthony because he's not going to be satisfied with our existing programs. And he's going to go out of his way to make his own major. They don't want that. He's a free spirit. (laughs) They do not want that. I decided to create my own. I forged my path and crafted a new area of study, ethics and public policy with a concentration on medical ethics, 
to augment my understanding of the field. He, he's augmenting his understanding of the field, Ben, which means that he's already an expert in the field. He's just supplementing that understanding. He's just getting a little more, a few more details because yeah. he's already a master of this yeah. apparently. Through courses like neuroethics, health economics, and global public health, I discovered how medicine intersects with the legal oh, field. Oh, dear God. Don't tell us what you, <laughs> you learned. Whether learning about health insurance markets in my business classes or beneficence in my bioethics classes, the conversation always seemed to revolve around the law, reminding me of my grandfather. Motivated by his memory, I sought means to promote justice for victims of medical malpractice. After completing my certificate in public health and minor in health economics, I worked to land an internship in Washington, D.C. This is like so grandiose, big talk about achievements, which other than graduating from undergrad and getting a certificate, you haven't done shit. He, he's promoting justice, Ben, for victims of medical malpractice. How? Like, what did you do? I understand that you sought to do that. Did you actually do it? Because you haven't told me about actually doing yeah. it. You've told me about how you want to do it and why you want to do it. And you've told me about some classes you took and you've pretended to know things that you don't. I just don't. There's more. The Washington-based public relations company that I worked for was small but well-established and provided me with the opportunity to gain experience with clients of my own. All of my clients were in the medical and health-adjacent industries. My job consisted of research consulting and being readily available to assist the team during public relations crises. I'm, I'm really skeptical right now. Clients of your own? And then you talk about how you did research and consulting to assist the team? Like we have 90 seconds left. One Monday morning, I came into the office to see six members of the U S Olympic committee sitting in a boardroom. I learned that we had taken on the U S Olympics as a client due to the sexual misconduct and medical malpractice allegations following the indictment of former Olympic gymnastic physician, Dr. Larry Nasser. My responsibility was to protect the reputation of the USOC and their risk management company, SafeSport. SafeSport had long been known as a grossly underfunded, failed attempt to cover up allegations against the USOC. I expressed my concern about protecting an organization notorious for sexual assault to my CEO. He insisted that the name client was too prestigious to pass up despite ethical concerns. Obligated to follow the directions of my boss, I had no choice but to defend the USOC and SafeSport. Ben's laughing. Like, what? <laughs> Are we hearing the whole story and you're just going to shit on your boss? Like, I. Well, he's shitting on Safe Sport. He's shitting on the USOC. He's shitting on Dr. Larry Nasser, which uh, these people deserve to be shit on. Make no mistake. It's just that it's probably not appropriate if you were working there in a professional capacity. My, my thought was, whoa, are you breaching like client privilege here? Like, I mean, not attorney client privilege, obviously, but you worked at a PR firm. Does the PR firm know that you're out there name dropping their clients? <laughs> Look, as an attorney, you're going to be working for a law firm and some of your clients will have done shitty things and you have to represent them. 
um, maybe you will decide to not represent them. But this, I don't know, in the real world, people have to deal with how do I navigate this situation professionally? And yes, you did go forward and work on their case nonetheless, but there's still this weird, like, I wasn't happy. I'm this, look at this saint that I am. Yeah, right. He's going out of his way to say, I didn't think we should have been doing this really. Yeah, I wasn't happy that we even had this client, but my boss said that the prestige was too, it's like, well, you could have quit your job. You could have quit your job, but, but I, I don't even like, believe oh, that claim. I, like he insisted that the name of the client was too prestigious to pass up. That was the nature of the conversation. Like I can imagine it's a little more nuanced than that. Um, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's that shitty, but yeah, why not quit then? Jeffrey Epstein is just too prestigious of a name, Ben. We have to, we have to work <laughs> with Jeffrey Epstein. It's like, you could definitely quit. <laughs> you don't have to work with literally the worst person in the world. I mean, you are allowed to quit your job. And, and anyway, it's like, yeah. So he's on the one hand shitting on his own boss, which the law schools do not want to hear mm -hmm. about. On another hand, he's, he ultimately, he's going to end up representing sexual misconduct, which, yeah, you do have to sometimes do shit like that as a lawyer, but I don't know that you use that as your choice of things to talk about when you're trying to put your best foot forward. Yeah. It's almost like he like, wants it both ways, right? He wants to, he wants right. to show, hey, look at this, like big name client that I worked for. I didn't want to work for them, but <laughs> do you see the work I did for them? <laughs> yeah. Do you see how prestigious it was? But I mean, I recognized that it was not really morally very sound. But I, I, I had to thread the needle and do it anyway, <laughs> because it was such a big prestigious client. Yeah. I mean, I don't, man. I just don't. By the way, what has, uh, this is Anthony. What has Anthony actually done? I don't know. We're, we're not seeing any complained, complained to his boss. That's more than halfway through the statement and we are more than 12 minutes in. So that's it. Thank you, Anthony. Ready for yep. Jason. Jason sent us an email about how much he improved, uh, his LSAT score using the demon, which is awesome. Um, it, he prepared first with a free service and got a 156. Then a tutor made it all the way up to 160. Then did the demon for a couple months and eventually made it to a 173. Hmm. Uh, and is now ecstatic and wanted us to tear apart his personal statement. Anyway. Cool. Yep. Ready? Go. I got a lot of strange looks when I told my friends and family that I would be putting off law school for another year in order to join an AmeriCorps trail crew on the Pacific Crest Trail. P-C-T. Okay, that sentence was a bit long for a first one. Uh, what, do, what, are the, what do your friends and family have to do with anything? Yeah, this sentence is focusing on the fact on how they perceived you. You got strange looks, okay? Don't care. Yep. Despite their reactions, I knew that it was the right choice for me. Again, don't care about your mental states. Yeah, that's a, a reference, like, <laughs> please omit. I knew, I know, I think, I thought, I feel. I omit learned, all I discovered. of that. I learned. <laughs> I yep. augmented my understanding. Oh my God. Okay. I was curious to learn more about conservation work, comma. 
Ooh, comma splice. Gross. I wanted to challenge myself and explore new places, and I felt an obligation to contribute to the protection of our public lands and wild spaces. (laughs) Nothing wrong with periods, Jason. You could have put periods there. Those did not need to be commas in between independent clauses. Again, more mental states, though. I was curious. I wanted, I felt an obligation. Right. Yep. I thought, I felt, uh, don't care. What did you do? Now, as I write this, I've served almost 900 hours with AmeriCorps, and the work has been challenging, rewarding, and has solidified my resolve to attend law school and do my part to protect the environment. Uh, Okay, you're just describing, again, mental states. The one thing we have here is that you worked 900 hours. I'm not sure what to make of that. Uh, Well, we immediately do the math. Right. 900 hours divided by 40 is 45 weeks. So it's less than a year of full-time work. Okay. You could have just said a year. I think a year actually sounds more impressive than 900 hours. Since April. Yeah. Um, Well, I just want to point out the has been the work has been. And now you don't have any choice but to to tell here, mm-hmm. right? This is not going to be showing. It's always going to be telling. The work has been, oh, really? What has the work been? Oh, well, it's been challenging and rewarding. Okay, but what did you do? I mean, what? I don't even, I have no idea what work, you're on a trail crew. Could you please just show me what you do on the damn trail crew? Yep. Since okay. April... Our trail crew has worked at 14 work sites spanning over 1,200 miles of the PCT. I like this stuff better. These are facts. 1,200 miles is a lot. Yeah, I'm starting. What did you do out I'm starting. There? I would still love to learn more, but at least we're getting a much more visual. Our team has our team has built check steps, retaining walls, and turnpikes. I've dug drainage hauled rocks, cleared brush, and hiked countless miles with heavy tools and packs. Okay, sounds like a lot of physical labor. labor. I worked in blistering heat and through smoky conditions. The work has pushed me to my physical and mental limits. Mm, So you claim. uh, You could have just stuck with the facts. Instead, you get to this conclusion that I don't know. It doesn't add anything. But... Despite all the challenges, every day I was grateful to be working in wild and beautiful spaces, semicolon. Mental and states. every night I would curl up in my sleeping bag knowing that our work... <laughs> Sorry. Every night I would curl up in my sleeping bag knowing that our work was valuable. Mental states. I, I don't want to visualize you curling up in your sleeping bag. I don't care about this. He's getting artsy there with the the bit about the curling up in the sleeping bag. But he, man, in two paragraphs, Jason has talked about like a dozen different mental states. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I think the problem with it is that it's not falsifiable, right? It's not an objective fact separate from what's happening inside your yeah. brain. And so nobody can, if, if no one like... I'm not saying we're going to argue with the facts. I I was not willing. I, I had no interest in arguing with 14 work sites or 1200 miles or all the different things that you've done or the heat or the smoke. I was not arguing with any of that. 
But the second you started talking about your limits, your gratitude, and your knowledge of how valuable your work was. Yeah. Well, that's things that anybody can just say. Yep. And it's like, yeah, okay. In your mind, that's the truth. So it, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't do anything. You know what? I think we get these uh, mental states often because of what this statement is called. It's called a personal statement. So people probably hear that and subconsciously think that they need to tell you how they feel personally, right? It's like, no, this statement should really be called an I did or do statement. It's an I did or do statement. That's it. Are you telling me what you did or do? If you're not, you're not writing the statement. Well, it, and it, it needs to, it's a legal brief. It's a brief of your shit that you did, like documented facts, things that you did that demonstrate skills that make you look like a lawyer. Yeah. And the shit that's going on in your head has nothing to do with any nope. of it. It's just, it's not interesting. It doesn't, what? <laughs> it's just a zero. I just don't What's care. What's the time? Uh, we got three and a half minutes. I felt, oh, great. God. I felt a similar call to service after graduating that led me to join Green Corps. Green Corps is a leading training program for environmental organizers with the goal of engaging the public on critical environmental issues and building grassroots power. Uh, wait, are we going back in time? Don't hmm. know. Twice, I built campaigns from the ground up and did everything from recruiting and training volunteers to building a small business coalition to organizing large turnout events. Okay, (sighs) people do this all the time. They start listing so many grand things that you don't actually believe them. Any one of these things would be worthy of dissecting and actually well, maybe a better word would be unpacking and showing us what you did for even just one of them. Okay, random space, then a period. Four weeks into my first campaign, I staged a press conference to raise awareness around oil and gas development in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. With limited time, I coordinated the venue, speakers, and volunteers, as well as invited the local paper to cover our event. The next day, we were on the front page of the newspapers, newspaper, and my volunteers were teasing me for being a local celebrity. Okay, we didn't need that last bit, but hey, I like that we're getting some action here. Clearly see Jason doing things. Yep. During my time at Duke, okay, now we're moving to something else. I felt like you could have unpacked any one of those things a lot more and told us more about what you were doing there that you were on a roll there. Well, and this is the this is the second move back yeah. in time because it definitely is AmeriCorps and the PCT, then before that it was the Green yep. Corps, then before that this is, is Duke. So now he's going yeah. back, we're just going farther and farther back, which is kind that of is strange. strange. I don't During my yeah. time at Duke, I felt a similar urge to work on environmental issues. I studied environmental science and public policy and sought out programs that helped me explore those interests. That's on your transcript. Yeah, also, I mean, like you said, we're going back in time. I'm, this is becoming less and less interesting. It's just, no. It's, I, what are I you doing like you, now? You, you were on a roll there. Those few sentences were good. I would have loved a lot more just like that. That would be an I did or right. do statement. 
put the spotlight on that actual adult professional work you did at Green yep. Corps. That's after graduation. It sounds like it's a full-time job. It's anyway, it's a training program for environmental organizers. You actually did things there. Cut all the rest of this bullshit and focus on that. And I don't care about your year on the PCT. Like you're protesting too much to say, oh, I got strange looks from my friends and family. We don't care. Talk about the adult stuff you did. Like put your best foot forward, demonstrate the skills and attributes that the schools are going to be salivating over. Yeah, well, I could actually see you mentioning the PCT as an afterthought after you tell us all about Green Corps. It's like, this is all the stuff I did at Green Corps. Here are the details. And recently I... For the last year I did this. Now, now I'm, ready I'm ready for, for law school. school. That's it's like, great. it becomes yeah. the icing on the cake. And it's like, oh, you really are into this environmental stuff. You put your, um, you know, what is that? What's the term? <laughs> you put your foot where you're... Your stamp. stamp, you you put your, you actually do what you're going to say, right? But you, you've made too much of it. Like, oh, it's such hard work. I actually don't care about that as much. That's 10 minutes. Okay. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jason, you got to omit all that bullshit about your mental states. And I would much prefer that you tell the story chronologically. Yep. Just, you can go back once. Like, but probably start with Green Corps, then get to the PCT stuff really briefly, then say you're going to go to law school, drop the mic. But you got to turn that spotlight really onto that actual professional experience that matters. All that shit that you did, you're just listing off these big recruiting and training volunteers. Tell me more about that. Building a small business coalition. What the hell does that even mean? I don't mean? know what it means, but if it, if you actually did it, it sounds decently challenging and like a lot if of work. If you actually did that, we need like two paragraphs on that or maybe even an entire statement yeah. on that. Organizing large turnout events, plural. Well, you told me about one where you invited the newspaper, but tell me more about that or stop making grandiose claims. Yeah, I just quickly looked through the rest of Jason's statement. You talked about your internship and then it's basically like what you've done is you, you've you given us your resume in slightly long form writing. And, and you really need to dig into just one bullet point on your resume. All right. Ready for anonymous? Yep. When I started my position as a sales associate for a local boutique, I used my experience as a model in Los Angeles to improve sales, the website, and social media. Okay. It's kind of vague. I mean, I don't, I, the reader's going models. They do hair and makeup. They take pictures. I don't know that much about modeling. What, what else do models do? How, how does your experience as a model improve sales and the website? Yeah, there's definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head at least. I know that this person worked as a sales associate. I know that they were a model. I know that they worked on these things. So there is something there. I don't, I, I, boy, I, I hate to say this, but I feel like mentioning modeling is fraught. <laughs> I just feel There's like. There's definitely some, <laughs> there are some stereotypes associated with that. 
Yeah. yeah, I I feel like people are gonna go. Oh, Paris Hilton. Oh boy. Like I think people are gonna go. Oh, she's attractive. I think that that might be a detriment for some readers. You yeah. know, like what? She? I don't. I mean, if you improved sales, tell me about that. If you improved the website and social media, tell me about that. Casually throwing in, I was a model. I don't. Hmm. Anyway, as as soon as I placed our sale rack outside the store, customers inquired about the sale. <laughs> I showed them pieces that went well together. I styled outfits for engagement parties and other events. Within one month, I became the store's top sales associate. You know, those are some good facts. Those are some good, like, actual sure. achievements. We can see you working. My boss asked. Uh, sorry. I, I said, we can see you working. Yeah, we can see you working, which is much more than we can say for a lot of these other statements are just about feelings and thoughts instead of actual work. And so I do like seeing what you did and the results of what you did. My boss asked me to improve the store's website. The online photos looked outdated and featured only single clothing pieces. I suggested that we invest in new models and a new photographer. She agreed. I created a job posting and chose a photographer. I taught our models how to angle their bodies diagonally to show how the jeans in our collection hug the waist and legs. Mm. Uh, we're getting, this is too specific and it has too much to do with physical attributes yeah you're walking into a minefield of well you're we're literally now picturing the butts of these models mm -hmm. which i don't it's just like veering toward unprofessional you know you don't need to conclude that data that detail did not need to make it into a professional document when the new inventory arrived, I used the same method to prepare complete outfits. For a festival-themed photo shoot, I asked the models to soften their facial expressions and to keep moving to mimic a breeze. I chose an open field as the location, and I asked the photographer for bright, wide shots. Now, on the website, customers could see the same piece in multiple outfits throughout the website. Hmm read it out loud and you probably wouldn't have had that double use of website in the same sentence. The store saw a 20% increase in online sales that month. No one had updated the store's social media pages in a month. Okay. And now I can see what that first sentence was meant to be. This is um, a very seventh grade style of writing where you have to state your conclude like this is that tell them what you're going to tell them then tell them then tell them what you yeah. told them style yeah. of writing i literally learned how to do this in seventh grade like five paragraph essay you don't need to do that you don't have time to do that don't start with that broad conclusion of here's the three things i did and then tell me about those three things just get right into the work we don't we don't need the grand summary conclusion in the first sentence yep. 
Okay, social media time. I volunteered to redesign the pages using feature items. Using an iPhone and editing software, I created short videos that featured one item styled multiple ways. I posted the videos and created a TikTok page for the store. The store gained 700 followers. In one month, online sales tripled. Customers placed orders through direct messages on the platforms. Social media became the primary way the store advertised and sold clothing. Five and a half minutes in, Ben, what do you think so far? Well, I'm seeing this person as a successful worker. I mean, they're coming in and improving all these metrics. I, I, I feel like all the the sticking points we've addressed, if they could be removed, this this could be something. <laughs> I'm getting through it a lot further because it doesn't have so many grand conclusions. Yeah. It does not have so much. I thought I mm -hmm. feel mm -hmm. I want to, I learned, I, you know, this whole like continual self-referential mental yeah. state thing. It's just like, I did, I did, I did, I did. And then it's result, 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 result. Which, yeah, does make her look successful. Yeah. Most of the sales associates had never used social media to advertise. I met with them once a week to lead social media training. When associates had trouble grasping how to create high quality content, I met with them privately to walk through choosing content to post, manipulating lighting, displaying items, and editing pictures and videos. I asked the team to create content that matched the style I outlined for them. All of these are I After sentences. The initial by training. The way. So, all of What's these that? are I sentences. Yeah, which makes it easy to read. Yeah. After the initial training, I continued meeting with individuals that needed help. I used an Instagram planning app to see what future content would look like. I shared the planning app with all the employees, and I reassigned one associate from content creation to managing direct messages from customers on social media. After a few weeks, three of my coworkers created daily high-quality content. I taught them how to edit different pieces of footage together so that it looked like continuous footage, period, new sentence, as well as how to add music and text to the videos. That's just an incomplete sentence. Yep. Uh, so that needs to be cleaned up. I enjoyed solving problems to help a business and improve my community. <laughs> That's the worst sentence so far because it's, it's a reference to mental states. I, I enjoy We don't care that you enjoyed it. We care what you did. <laughs> then we go, we go into more of it. Leading my coworkers through new situations gave me insight on how to maximize talent and ability. It, when you're actually, when you're doing the maximization of talent and ability, tell us about that. Don't tell us about you getting insight in how to do that. And redesigning multiple aspects of the business taught me how to efficiently create solutions. So that's three sentences in a row there. She was on a really good sort of track and then she just completely fell off the rails with all this bullshit about mental states. And then we have another, you know, I look forward to studying how the law interacts with the fashion and entertainment industry with these skills. I would, I would cut the with these skills. What is that? I don't even know what that's referring to, really. I plan to one day work alongside large corporations as an attorney. Okay, I feel like this is an applicant who does need to, okay, cut out some of the stuff at the beginning, cut out this last paragraph, second to last paragraph that is all about your mental states. You could actually 
probably combine some of these paragraphs together, which is not something I would hardly ever recommend, but um, they seemed related. Some of these paragraphs seems related enough. They could just be in one paragraph. Um, and then, so basically create room <laughs> and then take a, a paragraph to maybe help me understand why you're moving from sales and marketing in the fashion industry to law school. I, I'm a little stuck on that. Yeah. I, I like the short paragraphs. I like the short sentences. I like it that they all start with I or that so many of them start with I. I think that she could flesh out more details. I think that she could stuff it with more facts about sales. Dollars were never mentioned. I, I can't, do you have any information about like how much more profit you guys made or whatever? Like I, I think you could, you could lean into the business aspects of it yeah. more while leaning away from the modeling and photography aspects of it a little bit. Like, I think there was too much about lighting in yeah. here because I think that's why Ben is really, Ben's like puzzled. Ben's like, Whoa, you seem like really good with fashion and modeling and lighting. And why don't you just keep doing that? And if you would have gone more into the money aspect of it, then I think we just sort of naturally connect that to lawyer shit more. Um, we made it through the entire statement in nine minutes. This was the most readable one by far. By far. Yeah. I think people would think that it's overly simplistic, but it, it just, it was so easy to read that we then go, oh, this is clear communication. We can see anonymous working. We know what anonymous is bringing to the table factually without so many just grand conclusions. We got two okay. more Ready yep. for another one. This is from Brianna. Um, oh, wait, it just starts, huh? Okay. I am perplexed. This is really, really terrible. This, this statement is just, it's very okay. bad. Yeah. Brianna, comma, also known as whatever her LSAT number is. Yeah, she's going to put Brianna, then her last name, also known as, and then her LSAC number. This is as part of the, like, text. <laughs> My daughter calls me mom. Okay, so now we have three names for you. Brianna, your well, LSAC number, okay, and but stop. mom. <laughs> yeah. Brianna. You're going to, in the header, you're going to put your first and last name and your LSAC number. <laughs> then in your personal statement, you're going to tell us a story. You're not going to lead off with your own name in your, in your, in the narrative of your personal yeah. statement. Okay. Um, can I, can I please, I, um, I am, I am not actually judging parents, but your your child is not a reason for someone to admit you to law school. Your child is a reason for someone not to admit you to law school. Like, I don't think that they're legally allowed probably to discriminate against you in that way. But in no, there is no planet on which having a small child makes you more likely to be successful in law school. That is not a thing. And it's not more likely, it's not likely to make you more successful as a lawyer. It is likely to make you decide to drop out of law school or 
decide that you've got bigger priorities in life. Yep. You're just raising a lot of questions like, uh, okay, can this person come here and follow through with this and at the same time have these parental responsibilities? I mean, Ben, if you're hiring a lawyer, if all else is equal, do you want one that has a three-year-old or one that doesn't have a three-year-old? Does not. Yeah, because you're going to be in the yeah, office. Yeah, you want... <laughs> No, you want somebody who's going to be just going to work for you every single day. And I, and I'm not saying that as like an actual human, that's what I want. I'm not, I'm not saying that I would just like never admit anyone who has a three-year-old. What I am saying is if all else is equal, which we have to presume that it is, there's a mountain of applications and they're only going to admit a small portion of you. Your child is not a feather in your cap. Well, from there, and there's a bigger problem here. And that is without anything else, the only image I have of you right now is as a mom. And that that's, that's not the image that you want to portray by itself. It's fine. Like, gosh, it's, it's, it's just tough, right? Like, I mean, you need to show that you're a professional. And then if we happen to find out that you're a mom, Fine, whatever. Just yeah. omit, omit. You're being a mom is not helping you. That does not move the, it does not move the ball forward. I know you're proud of it, but it doesn't, they don't infer, oh, she's a mom. Wow. She's going to be super successful in our law school and in legal practice. That's just not an inference that anybody's making. I'm not saying that moms can't be amazing lawyers. I'm saying non-moms can also be amazing lawyers. And if all else is equal, they're not going to look at that and go, oh, wow. Great. Yeah. She's got a little kid. Oh, totally. She's going to kill it at our law yeah. school. No one ever has done that. And, and this, so this statement, it, this gets real bad here. She's about to tell you like 10 different things that are potentially going to be negatively interpreted against her. She's, she's stuffed this with bad facts for her. Okay. I'll let you read. First paragraph. When I first started college, I was fresh out of high school. Like most other students. Okay. You can admit that entirely. We don't, that's obvious. That's you and everybody else. You just I mean, except for people told, who didn't go straight to that. college. But, yeah. I was unable to concentrate and keep up and dropped out to avoid flunking out. Okay. That's not a reason to admit you to law school. That can only be used against you. Why are you sharing facts that could be used against you? Keep going. Sorry. I am going to try to okay. shut up. Shortly after leaving college, I began job hopping again. I don't want a job hopper. After some time, I took a job at a local insurance company and did well. I attained financial independence and got engaged to my then fiance. Well, <laughs> you can't get, you get engaged and then they become your fiance, but whatever. One morning in October of 2019, I received a call from my mother. My great grandmother was in the hospital and she was not looking good. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I immediately left town to see her and held her hand as she passed several hours later. <laughs> Less than a month after losing my great-grandmother, 
That's amazing, by the way, that you even had a great-grandmother. That's awesome. Uh, my boss filed for bankruptcy and let everyone in the office go. I d d don't see the connection between any of this. The loss of my... What the fuck does your great-grandmother have to do with anything? N n hardship? What? Is this? How? Is she trying to show hardship? Like, I lost my great-grandmother and then I lost my job? You're supposed to be advocating for yourself to make yourself look like a badass who's going to do really well at my law yeah. school. At best, your great-grandmother and holding her hand as she passed is an irrelevant. It's irrelevant at best. At worst, it's you're a bad advocate. You're put you're wasting my time with shit that has nothing to do with why you're coming to my law school. The loss of my job put tremendous stress on my relationship as I was the primary provider before this. Okay. We had several unaddressed issues that when combined with this stress led to our breakup. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear about your personal life and your personal breakup. No one's going to read any further in this statement. There's no way that they're going to read any further. You're actually like it's it, you're, you're bringing in the death of your great grandmother, then back to back relationship drama. What do you think we're doing here? How do you think that's like, why, why would you think that they're going to read that and go, Oh yeah. Mm, okay. Wow. This is definitely somebody who's going to be successful as well, a lawyer. They had several unaddressed issues in their relationship. That's good to know. Yeah. Several unaddressed issues. Great. Let's get that person on. They don't board. address things that are challenging. <laughs> Uh, after, Keep going. We're six and a half. Six and a half. In. Okay. After I my engage after my engagement ended, I decided to join the army, but I was overweight and out of shape. I. That's not a point in your I, favor. <laughs> Focus on things that are good for you. In, I sh it should go without saying, but put good facts for you into your documents. Yep. Not bad facts for you, good facts for you. In three months, I lost 60 pounds, passed my required tests, and enlisted as a 3M, or sorry, a 35M, or human intelligence collector. Okay? I had convinced myself that I would spend the next six years learning a foreign language and jumping out of planes. I don't want to know about your mental states. I especially don't want to know about your mental states that turned out to be wrong. Yeah. I, you are, this is, I know the only thing it seems like it's like I had these expectations and then now we're just expecting, Oh, so that's not what happened. Well, tell me what did yeah. happen. But anyway, 13 go days ahead. after I enlisted, I was back at the San Antonio MEPS. I don't know what that is there. I was given a last minute drug and pregnancy screening before I was loaded onto a bus and taken to the airport. I flew to Oklahoma city. Okay. <laughs> It's like such, it's just random. It's like bringing in just like, whoa, they gave me a pregnancy test. And now you got on a bus and then on to an airplane. I flew into Oklahoma City Airport before being transferred to Fort Sill. The coronavirus pandemic had changed basic training. Usually we would be in processed first, semicolon. Instead, we started our training as well. Where is this going? 
It wasn't long before I started experiencing severe nausea. Oh, no, are you pregnant? I went to medical where I took a third pregnancy test. This test came back positive. My doctor looked into my records and discovered my previous two had as well, but were not flagged. Given the startling news, I did the only thing I could. Semicolon, I cried. One minute, keep going. A few days later, I received a letter in the mail that the senior citizen I took care of died. A second letter <laughs> informed me that a family member had died the same day I was told I was pregnant. Wow. My departure from the military was relatively uneventful. And seven months later, my daughter was born. Two days after her birth, we met her pediatrician for a routine newborn checkup. It was there. Her doctor and I first suspected she was having seizures. Despite this, I started school two weeks postpartum. I was balancing my education and my daughter's neurology appointments. I spent my days reading a textbook while rocking a screaming baby and writing essays while she slept. My interest in law school peaked when I began communicating with a family lawyer who taught me how to protect my family best. Without the help of this compassionate lawyer, I would not be writing this essay today. Boy, oh boy. You're going to law school because you talked to a compassionate lawyer. That is not a good reason. That, that was 10 minutes. Um, th this can only, I mean, the only way I can make sense of this is that Brianna is basically just, it's a plea for sympathy and that's it. It's a plea for sympathy. And she, it's like, uh, this is how the idea of law school got in my head. And now I'm applying at the, at the yeah. very end, the, I know a lawyer, yeah. a lawyer was nice we to don't, me. So now I'm applying. You don't to care law how the idea got in your head. There are so many errors in judgment in that one essay, it's like shocking. We have multiple medical issues. Three people, Ben, three dead people in one personal statement. Yeah, that sucks. I'm, I'm sorry, Brianna, that, that sucks, but it, it's not something you should be mentioning in your personal statement. I'm sorry too, Brianna. That's all a fucking bummer. But like, I'm not reading your personal statement looking to get bummed out. I'm reading my person, your personal statement, looking for people who like, I'm building a team of killers. I'm drafting a team of all stars who are going to succeed in law school and succeed in law and make a bunch of money and donate a bunch of money back to my school and make my school more prestigious. Dead people <laughs> have nothing to do with that. Your pregnancy has nothing to do with that. Your daughter's seizures have nothing to do with that. And actually all of those things can be negatively interpreted against you. Like they, none of those things, not one of those things is related to you're going to kill it as a one L you're going to get A's on your exams. You're going to go out and get a badass job in a law firm. You're going to be a killer lawyer. Like you, <laughs> I mean, this, this statement doesn't even have the overcoming of the obstacle at all. All it has is just obstacle after obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. Yep. And then what do we know about Brianna? She met a lawyer and the lawyer was nice. It's like, so now she's applying to law school, which just raises a bunch of red flags anyways. Yeah. Which is like just basically the worst reason that people provide for going to law school. Anyway, I was involved in some family drama. It's pr she's talking about, protecting her family by talking to a family lawyer. 
So apparently that's some drama probably with her ex, ex fiance, maybe. And that's not, that's, that's oversharing of one's own personal legal dramas, which is not what they're looking for. That doesn't, it's not a feather in your cap. Last one. Yep. Ready? This is from Hadley. In the fall of 2019, I created a model for the United States Army War College to examine and predict China's next economic engagement target. Shit. In the spring of 2021, I used parts of my 2019 model to strengthen international security in Europe for the Army War College's new project. Okay. This is... A little vague, a little, little grand, but... It's grand, but it's, it I, doesn't feel like it's necessarily overselling because Hadley just says, I created a model instead of I created an amazing model or the best model or something. It's just like, okay, it's harder yeah. to argue with. I created a model. Then in 2021, I used parts of my model. I don't know what this means. I, I used parts of the model to strengthen international security. Yeah, in that's Europe. a little, like, that's oh. a little much. I agree about that. I was. That's like, what do you mean you you single-handedly, your model, you and your model strengthened international security? So actually, I kind of, I missed that. I was kind of taken aback by the first sentence. Um, I also don't love the, in the fall of 2019, the specificity is not necessary. A couple of years right. ago, I created People a model. People love dropping dates that aren't. Yeah. <laughs> It's just not but necessary, but still. This, this, despite these problems, and this could be made better, and that's almost always true for every personal statement we encounter, even the best ones. At least right now, I have an impression of you as someone who can do intellectually vigorous work, and you're just telling me that you've done it. And so now I'm thinking to myself, yeah, okay, this, probably, this person can probably succeed in law school. So if you... They're I statements with active yep. verbs, not too long of sentences. There's only two sentences in that first paragraph, which looks great. The reader is invited to continue. Yep. The first goal of the 2021 Army War College team was, okay, well, now that's a little clunky because the subject, unlike the first two sentences where the subject was I, the subject of this sentence is the goal of the 2021 Army War College team. That's a long subject. The verb here, instead of being an active verb, is was. Yeah. So what was this goal? Oh, it was to ensure that everyone was up to speed on the rudimentary aspects of this project. Yeah. It's too vague. Yeah, that sentence conveyed nothing to me. You're for what your first goal was get everybody up to speed on what the project was. <laughs> Why don't you just tell us what the project yeah. was? I mean, I don't even know what the army war college that's is. The, that's I have the no idea. That's the first goal of every project. Oh, by the way, we want to tell you what the rudimentary Here's aspects of the project are. No shit. Right. I researched the best preliminary papers and reports relating to the focus of my specific group to send to the rest of the team. I don't love the word best here. It's overselling. Right. Yeah, you you researched papers, you sent them out. <laughs> After ensuring that everyone was on the same page, I spent the next few weeks doing a deep dive into my specific research area. Vague. 
it's it's all real vague, yep. huh? Like it, get Hadley, get more detailed, please. I, th- I have a feeling that you have a real story to tell, but you're just you're like missing it. You're just kind of you're adjacent to it, but you're not on it. The goal of the project was to. So again, this is the second sentence in one paragraph where the goal of the project is the subject of the sentence. You could make we the subject of this sentence. Our out, you know. I, Do we even need to yeah. know the goal? Just anyway. like to increase the strength and security of investment screening, we did what? Yeah, I, well, I did. Yeah. Did a thing. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so the goal of the project was to increase the strength and security of investment screening mechanisms across Europe. What is an investment screening mechanism? I have no I idea. Hadley, you're, you're like too much in your own world. It's military speak. Yep. They just assume that everybody's in their own military bubble instead of explaining what to a civilian what the fuck they're talking about. I determined what an ideal investment screening service looked like by reviewing America's international investment screening process. Yeah, barf. <laughs> We're not learning anything here, Hadley. You got to get put your feet back on the ground, dude. We don't we we don't know what you're talking about. By analyzing the strengths and weaknesses of America's foreign investment committee that reviews investment into the country. I had an idea of what America was handling right. The advantageous aspects of America's system were added to the ideal European screening system I was designing. I I hate this because it's almost like it's a weird way of overselling Hadley. Like it's an academic project, right? Yeah. She's pretending to know more than America's foreign investment committee. Like, I don't know what committee that is. And Hadley could be, smarter than them and know how to handle this better than they do. But I'm highly skeptical because you've decided to come out and say that that's what you're doing as opposed to just showing me. Yeah. Best preliminary papers and reports. That word best rankled there. We were both like, all right, you say they were the best. Yep. Then here you get to ideal European screening system. And I think what Hadley meant there was, I was trying to, on paper, create a platonic ideal system, Mm -hmm. but it kind of comes off as if I was creating the ideal system, which, yeah, I mean, and, and I guess another problem is I don't even know what problem you're trying to solve. I don't know what problem you're trying to solve, and I don't know how you're solving it except for researching, which then kind of undercuts It's an academic project. Yeah. But Hadley started off with, I used parts of my model to strengthen international security in Europe, which sounded like Hadley had, in fact, increased strength and uh, strengthened international security in Europe. But now after the second paragraph, I'm like, oh, you mean you theoretically on paper increased the security for this pro this army war college fake you know sounds like it's probably a simulation you could have just gone ahead and said it's a simulation and then told us what you did within the simulation and we would have gone oh okay it's an academic research project great tell me about it yeah but instead it's like as if you were pretending that you were doing real work when in fact you were doing an academic simulation um anyway 
but but I want to get back to this idea that we don't even know what problem Hadley's trying to solve. Yep. Like what what is the problem? I think I could probably speculate, but what is the problem with foreign investors putting money into the United States? Or what is the problem with foreign investors putting money into European countries? Yeah. And I think that what Hadley's going to say is well, you don't want the Saudis to own everything. And, you know, you don't want them to own security infrastructure in your country. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. I could see why that might be a risk. Uh, anyway, I researched the screening services of France, Germany, Belgium, and the United Kingdom. I wrote 1,000 word summaries of the structure, political entity, process, and tolerances of each country's screening service. I don't care about the length of the summaries. Yeah, a thousand word summaries as if we're supposed to be impressed. Um, after getting a sense of what each system looked like, I critiqued each country's system. I was able to identify the strengths and weaknesses of these screening systems by comparing these systems. Stop saying systems so much to my list of characteristics of an exemplary screening service. Well, you're also saying screening service so many times. Now I know why your summaries were a thousand words long. Look. <laughs> I was able to identify the strengths and weaknesses. I, I, again, I feel like you're kind of skimming over the, the surface. Like what? Yeah, just tell me like, hey, I saw this problem and this was my proposed solution as opposed to actually just giving us a conclusion. You identified the well, strengths and weaknesses? Uh, how do I know how that? How about, for example, Yeah. Belgium did this that was good. On the other hand, Germany did this. That was dumb. Yep. Like that would be fine. Cause we have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Yep. I then looked at the current European union regulations for screening systems. When comparing these regulations, which are supposed to be universally implemented across the EU to what the systems of France, Germany, Belgium, and the United Kingdom looked like in reality, I realized that all of these countries were not adhering to the EU regulations. <laughs> That realizing Sorry. that the focus of this project needed to be changed turned the trajectory of the project and my research. <laughs> Hadley used too many words to say simple things. You basically just said yeah. not all the countries were following EU regulations. Not a huge surprise there, but fine, say it. And then you're acting like it's this big deal. By the way, I think your period is bolded. Um... It is. Realizing that Good the catch. focus of this project needed to be changed, that's your subject. You you you're making this like such a big momentous event. It's a it's again, it's like an origin story. I don't even care about any of that. What if you just jumped into this and started talking about how, hey, uh in the U EU, a lot of these regulations aren't followed, and here is what I have discovered about that. <laughs> Here's what I found. Yeah. Hadley, writing-wise, you need to read this shit out loud. Um, you're saying the same words so many times, and if you read this out loud, your ear would catch it. The, the systems and screening and service and like the these words are in every damn sentence. You're going to need to come up with some synonyms. And if you read it out loud, I think you would catch that. Um you definitely need some sort of an example here so that we can have any idea what you're talking about. 
And I think you also need to like explain what the United States Army War College is. Right? Like how about in the fall of 2019, I created a model for the United States Army War College to examine and predict China's next economic engagement target. By the way, China was never mentioned again in this entire statement. Yeah, you know, I was most excited about this statement right after the first paragraph. I mean, first sentence. The second sentence, once I actually heard what you said, strengthen international security in Europe, made me like, oh, wait, 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 where is this going? Wait, really? I, I, was, I was excited to learn about, okay, you were going to examine and predict China's next economic engagement target? What was the target? How did you figure that out? What's your thought? But where, where, what was the point of saying that? If these recommendations got applied, then I think you need to tell us like right away that your recommendations were actually listened to. Yeah. Because it just devolves into this like real wordy, complicated, overly long, too much with the it's an it's a it's a rehash of an academic report that i don't i don't i don't see any evidence here at least not in the first half of it there's no evidence that anybody actually ever did anything about any of this yeah so then that's like just like i don't know that that's ineffectual at that point and and it's overselling that you're you're so proud it's good that you're proud of this academic project but i think you need to just like admit that it's an academic project or you need to focus on my recommendations were adopted by so-and-so. Yep. Um, okay. Well, that's Hadley. <clears throat> <laughs> cool. Um, six personal statements. I, boy, I'd be digging through the pile, man. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be wanting to see what else we got. Uh, I hope our statements aren't representative of statements generally, although I can't imagine they're much different. They have to be. We get dozens of them, you know. Um, yeah, we get dozens of them from people who are seeking advice on how to improve their personal statement as opposed to all those who think they know what they're supposed to write. Um. It's not good, man. I would hate to have to read all these. These are horrible. <laughs> I, I think it kind of shows you what a scam law school is. You know, like these statements aren't showing us much. And the law schools are admitting like they the law schools admit far too many. I mean, that's why bar passage rates are so low. That's why the success rates of law students as like finding actual legal careers is so bad. <laughs> They're just, I don't know. It's not good out there. I, I'm not saying these, none of these people are going to be successful lawyers. I, I just don't, none of them are presenting themselves as successful lawyers. They're like doing bad. They're doing a bad job advocating for themselves. Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. Thanks for writing in. I hope that we gave you some ideas. <laughs> to run with, to make your statement better. Uh, I think you can really stand out if you even just make a few changes. You know, I, I would have loved to hear Ben's story about the Grand Canyon hike. Yep. 
but the tone and the f bomb <laughs> just it was so unprofessional that that's that was going to be an automatic deny anthony you need to tell an adult story from your professional life leave your dead grandfather out of it all y'all leave your grandparents just your grandparents don't have it needs to be about you even and your parents i don't know what, story, what your parents no, have to do with you i don't want to hear about your sister i don't want to hear about your kid i don't want to hear about your fiance i don't want to hear about your grandparents i don't want to hear about your mentor i don't want to hear about anybody i want to hear what you fucking did and it needs to be recent and it needs to be ideally professional we want to hear what you um, fucking did without the word fucking. That's it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Jason, I think, was the closest. Um, Jason, I think, if you reorganize this and focus on what you did with uh, Green Core specifically, and if you flesh out those professional experiences, I think Jason is probably he's closest to on the right track. I would say anonymous was um, pretty close too. Uh, anonymous with the stories from work. I just think you got to kind of veer away from the modeling stuff a little bit. Yep. Cause I, I feel like that could be interpreted kind of weirdly by just some people focus on the, the sales and the business. Yeah. Yep. Brianna, you got to start over entirely. I mean, there's nothing in Brianna's statement that is going to be interpreted in her favor. Nope. Um, I hate to break it to you. And I, and all that is like real sad stories. And it, it just, people are going to read all that and they're going to go like, oh my God, she's got too many problems in her life. Like that's just, <laughs> how are you going to advocate for somebody else when you've got a thousand crazy problems going on? It, I understand that you feel inspired um, but you need to show us what happened after you got inspired. And so I would like to hear, I'd like to see a, a whole new draft of like professionally what you're doing now. And if you're just still in school, so weirdly, you went back to school. It seems like I thought, Oh, I guess maybe you hadn't graduated, but you were going to go to the army, but then you didn't cause you were pregnant, but then you went back to school. It just doesn't seem like it's the right time for Brianna to really be writing a law school personal statement, honestly. Um, Hadley, I'm sure you can do something with this academic project, but you got to give us a foundation up top so that we understand what the fuck this army war college is and what problem you're even trying to solve. Yeah. Hopefully that's helpful. Want to wrap it up there, Ben? Yeah. Cool. You can uh, get on an upcoming show by emailing help at thinkinglsat.com. We've been doing tons of personal statements lately, and we're not going to continue to do personal statements every damn show. It's the time of year right now where everybody's writing personal statements so that they can apply to law school uh, in September, but uh, we're not going to be having show after show after show of personal statements. So you can submit them, but they're not probably we're not they're not all going to make it onto the show. Yeah. You can email questions. You can email tips, news. Pearls versus turds, candidates, uh, excuses of the week, all that type of stuff to help at thinkinglsat.com. Uh, ben and I teach LSAT full-time professionally. That's what we really do is help people with the LSAT. You, If you want to know about the LSAT demon, which is, we think, by far the best way to improve your LSAT score, you can email our team at help at lsatdemon.com. That was episode 311 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school. I'm <laughs> sorry.